um, starting a new series. It's called Stronger Faith. It's stories of faith from the book of Genesis. <clears throat> I think most believers at some point in their life have said that they wish they had a stronger faith. And we probably wondered, how do I get a stronger faith in God? So that's what this series is all about. <clears throat> it's about helping you develop a stronger faith so you can trust God more and stress out less. Doesn't that sound good? Trust God more and stress out less. The truth is, you need more faith and I need more faith. We're never going to be able to reach our potential or live the life that pleases God without a stronger faith. Our theme verse for this whole series comes from uh, Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what I want you to get out of this series is that you cannot please God without stronger faith. At some point in your life, God is going to ask you to step out of your comfort zone, to take a risk. He's going to ask you to face some challenge that is far bigger than you could ever handle on your own. The faith that you have and the faith that I have right now will not be enough for what God has prepared for us in the future. If we're going to live the life that God wants us to live, if we're going to be the people that he wants us to be, our faith has to get stronger. So each week we're going to look at a different hero of the faith from the book of Genesis to learn from their lives how we can strengthen our own faith. So today we're going to begin with one of the most well-known people of faith in the Bible, and it's Noah. And the title of this morning's sermon is A Faith That Obeys. So the story of Noah is found in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, is right in the front, chapters 6 through 9. We're going to read all, no, we're not really reading all those. The story of Noah begins at a low point. God has looked over all of humanity, and he sees, or it appears, that everyone has forgotten him. They've turned their backs on God, except for one man who remained faithful, and that's Noah. So God tells Noah, he says, Noah, the whole world has turned evil. They've turned their backs on me. They have forgotten about God. I'm sorry that I even created them. So I'm going to cause it to rain, and it's going to flood. And the water is going to cover the entire world, and I'm going to wipe out the whole human race, except for your family. I'm going to save you and your family. So let's look at the circumstances surrounding Noah. How much do you really know about Noah? Right. How long did it take Noah to build the ark? There it is, 120 years. This was not an afternoon do-it-yourself project. He worked on this ark, on this boat, every day of his life for 120 years. How many of each kind of animal did Noah bring on the ark? Oh. Pastor Paul will always lead you astray. You better watch. The Bible says, get a male and a female of every animal. But then he says, of the clean animals, I want you to get seven pairs. Of the unclean, you can just get one pair. So there were a lot more animals than just two of every kind. There were a lot. Who closed the door of the ark? God did. God told Noah to get on the boat. His family, he took care of him, and he shut the door. 
How long were Noah and his family on the ark? What? I've heard it. Almost a year. Ten months to a year. Can you imagine with all those animals? We have been sheltered in place for what, a month, six weeks with our family? Noah was on that boat for a year with his family. Noah had a faith that obeyed God. Even though the task was overwhelming, even though people probably thought he was crazy, Noah had a faith that he thought, if I just obey God, God will do something great, and God will bless me. In the New Testament, the author of Hebrews was making a list of the great people of faith, and we call it the Hall of Faith, and the very first person on the list is Noah. Hebrews 11, 7 says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. Notice that faith and obedience are very closely linked. Noah's faith enabled him to obey. And it's our faith that enables us to obey. When we obey God, it helps us to have a stronger faith. You see, when I obey God, when I do what he asks me to do, and then he comes through for me. He's there for me. He blesses my life. I see that I can trust him. And then my faith grows. And as my faith gets stronger, he helps me obey God the next time. Faith and obedience are linked. Noah obeyed God. Here's the key lesson I want you to learn from Noah about stronger faith. Our faith grows stronger every time we obey God. Say it with me. Our faith grows stronger every time we obey God. Here's the first step. We learn from Noah to obey God. I wish you had to take notes on, and I know that we don't want you touching paper, but it is a good notes this morning, so you might have notes next week. We learn from Noah to obey God supremely. Supremely is not a word that we use often, but it's an important word. In the military, they have something called the supreme commander, or the commander-in-chief. That's the one who makes the final call. Now, there are other commanders, there are other officers who will give orders, but you always follow the orders of the supreme commander. The supreme commander always gets the final say. As Christians, our supreme commander is God. There's always going to be other voices that speak into our lives, that tell us what to do, how to live. But we should follow and obey God's voice at all times, above all other voices. This is such an important concept of faith that God made it the number one on the top ten list of the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 23, it says, You must not have any other God but me. No other gods. There will always be uh, lots of voices trying to tell you how to live your life. Little gods with little g. Those are the voices in your life that you have chosen to listen to first. They're the voices that you obey supremely other than God. Who do you listen to first that has become your little g God? Do you obey your money? Do you obey what culture says? Do 
Do you obey your career or wherever your career is headed? Do you obey your libido? I said that. Or other desires, other cravings in your life? Do you obey the crowd? You must decide. I have to decide that God's voice is going to be the voice that you listen to above all others. Noah decided that he was going to follow a God above all the other voices. He was going to obey God supremely. In Genesis 6, verse 5, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He saw everything they thought and imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. So what does that passage say? It really just says, it broke his heart. Sometimes we think that sin is not a big deal. But I want you to understand something. God loves you. God created you. He has a plan for you. And every time you disobey, every time you listen to another voice over his voice, every time you turn your back on God and you go your own way, it is his heart. It wasn't like that for Noah. Genesis 6, 8 says, Noah found favor with the Lord. Noah was the only one who was living on earth at the time that the Bible said was righteous, blameless, and walking with God. Even though he was alone, Noah chose to obey God. He chose to listen to God above all the other voices in his life. Now, there were lots of voices. Noah, you're crazy. Well, you wanted to stop building that boat. It's, the sun's shining. It's not even raining. Noah, you're wasting your time. But Noah did not put those voices above God. This may be the most important thing you hear today. The size of your faith is not nearly as important as the object of your faith. Is that on the screen up there? Thank you. The size of your faith is not nearly as important as the object of your faith. If you want to have stronger faith, the first step isn't growing the size of your faith. It's making sure that you've placed your faith in the right place. Stronger faith isn't determined by how much you believe. How many times have you thought that if I just had enough faith? It's determined by who you believe in. For some, it's not that your faith isn't strong enough. It's that you put your faith in other things, like your career, or your intelligence, or your abilities, or in another person. Those things will always let you down. You just need a little faith in the right thing. Jesus said in Matthew 17, I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Jesus is saying it's not the size of your faith, it's who you put your faith in. So like Noah, we can have just a little faith. And it doesn't have to be perfect faith. But you must put your faith in the right person. You've got to put your faith in God. You've got to put it in His Son, Jesus Christ. 
So to have stronger faith, we learn from Noah that we have to obey supremely. Listen to that voice alone. But the secondly, we learn from Noah to obey God consistently. Now, some of us like to obey God in spurts. I'm going to obey God in this area, but, you know, not, not so much in, in this area. I'll, I'll obey God when I feel like it, but when I don't feel like it, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. If you want stronger faith, you must, listen, you must obey God consistently. Think about it. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. That was consistent obedience, day after day for 120 years. God says to Noah, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, the lower, middle, and upper. God was exact in his specifications to Noah. Think about it. One man probably with his family and probably some hired help. Back in those days with no machinery, 120 years, Noah was consistent in his obedience and he had strong faith because of it. Have you made that choice? Have you made the choice to obey God, not just now and then, not just when you feel like it, not when it's easy, but every day, for the rest of your life. Let me ask you, have you been praying and asking God for direction in your life and you feel like God hasn't answered? One reason, maybe, is that you're not doing or obeying the last thing he asked you to do. Why would he give you further direction if you're not listening and acting on the truth that he's already given you? God doesn't play games with us. Now, we like to play games. God, tell me what you want me to do, and then I'll decide whether I'll do it or not. Our attitude should be, God, I'm telling you in advance. My answer is yes. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. So where in your life are you not obeying God consistently? Has God asked you to be more consistent in attending church every Sunday? Has he asked you to be more consistent in that daily time, spending it in his word and prayer? Is there a sin in your life that God is asking you to stop to get out of your life, but you haven't done that consistently? Is there a step in a relationship that you're reluctant to take? So we learn from Noah to obey supremely, to obey consistently, but Noah also shows us that we need to obey God completely. Sometimes we like to pick and choose what we obey. I like this commandment pretty good, but that one over there, oh, I don't really, I just kind of ignore that one because I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of that commandment. I'm following this part of the Bible, but that other part of the Bible, I just kind of ignore it. That's not Noah. Noah obeyed God completely. Noah could have made excuses. Lord, that's a really big boat. How about I just fix 
why, why do I need to start building now? I mean, why don't I wait for the clouds to roll in and then I'm sure it's going to rain? We'll just start that later. And Lord, that's a lot of animals. I thought it was just going to be two of each one, but then you want 14 of the clean ones? I tell you what, why don't I just bring a few of the most important ones? Well, that'd be all right. Genesis 6.22 says, So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Noah didn't pick and choose in obeying what God said to do. Noah trusted God completely. How many times have we missed out on God's blessing because we decided not to obey God? Is that an area of your life where you're only being partially obedient? Listen to me. Satan knows how to tempt us. He'll say, hey, I know that the Bible says that you should do this, but did God really mean that? Isn't that what he did to Adam and Eve? Did God really say that? Does he really mean that for you? Or, I know that the Bible says that you're not supposed to do that, but that was such a long time ago. Are you sure that applies today? Listen, whenever you begin to think to yourself, did God really... You're really beginning to doubt God's word. Don't let Satan mess you up. Listen, we obey God because we love him. Let me tell you what love is. Love is when you say, I'm going to do it the way you want it done because I love you. Now, I've been married to my wife, Christy, for 29 years. And... Uh, when you get married, two separate people that grew up in two different homes learn to do things totally different, right? And then you come together and you start having discussions about the right way to do how the toilet paper is supposed to hang, how you squeeze the toothpaste, all those great things. There's one about the dishwasher I still cannot even talk about this morning. But I'm going to talk about one that I can, right? So when I married Christy, at our house, this is how we fold towels. Just kind of fold them in half. And then we slap them under the cabinet and in the bathroom. But if you know my wife, she is very particular. Am I right, Emily? Particular. At our house, we have to fold the towels in thirds. Now, to be honest, to be honest, they're folded in thirds because that's how they have to be folded to fit in the closet. Why do I fold towels in thirds? Because I love them. I fold towels in thirds because I love my wife. I want to please her. Obedience says, I wanted to do it the way you want to do it, God. Because I trust that that's the best way. I'll do it the way you want me to do it because I love you. Remember this. Partial obedience is really just disobedience. You say, God, I'm only going to go this far. I can only agree to some of this stuff that you're telling me. That's not obedience. That's disobedience. That's a lack of trust. Only complete obedience is real obedience. Now listen, when I say complete obedience, I'm not saying you got to get it all right, it's got to all be perfect, but you need to obey what you know. 
If God speaks to you about something, you need to obey it. You can't be responsible for all the stuff you don't know yet. We learn from Noah to obey God supremely, to obey God consistently, to obey Him completely, and finally, to obey God immediately. When it comes to obeying God, don't delay, don't wait, don't make excuses, just do it. In Genesis chapter 7, it said, All of the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his sons and their wives. Even though he waited 120 years, Noah was ready. He obeyed God immediately and got in the boat. Never delay in obedience to God. Obey Him immediately, whether you feel like it or not. Whether you understand what He's asking you or not. Whether it's convenient or not, just do it. You don't have to understand something to benefit from it. I don't understand the physics of an airplane. I don't know how a jet stays floating in the sky. But I don't have to understand it to fly in an airplane and trust it and to, to enjoy it. Let me ask you this. Parents, you know that when we tell our kids to do something, they love to ask the question, why? Right? And every good parent, and when my mother ingrained in me those four little words, because I said so. Listen, behind those four little words, there's what the parent is actually saying is this. Listen, do it because right now I understand more than you understand. I know more than you know. I see further than you can see. You need to trust that I love you, that I want what's best for you. And even though you don't understand it, just do it and trust I know it's best. Listen, parents, sometimes we're so exasperated with our kids. We don't feel like we should have to explain ourselves. But the truth is, sometimes there's not time for your child to ask why. If they're running out towards a car and you're telling them to stop, it's not, you don't have time for them to ask why. You just need them to be obedient. Am I right? Because I said so. It's the same with God. Sometimes when he asks us to do something, our response is, why? And God's response is, because I said so. In those four words, this is what God is telling you this morning. My child, I love you. I created you. There's no one who wants more for you than I do. I can see further than you can see. I can understand things that you will never understand. I know things that you will never know. I need you to trust me and do it. Obey me completely. Just do it now. I said earlier, partial obedience is really disobedience. But listen, delayed obedience is also just disobedience. When we delay obedience, we're questioning God. Parents, you would understand if I tell my children, after dinner, I want you to take your dishes and put them in the sink in the kitchen. And they don't do it. Hey, I, I, I'm going to ask you, please pick up your dishes and take those into the kitchen and put them in the sink. And they don't do it. Finally, I start getting a little stern and I threaten them. I said, now, I want you to understand, 
you need to pick up your dishes and take them into the kitchen and put them into the sink. Or there are going to be consequences. Let me ask you, does that feel like obedience to you? No. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. When we delay obedience, what we're really doing is questioning God. God, are you sure you know what's best? Let me ask you, where have you been delaying something you already know God wants you to do? Are you in a, do you have an unhealthy relationship in your life that God's already spoken to you about? Is there a sin in your life that you know God wants you to get rid of and you keep playing around with it? Maybe you're putting off some very important steps of faith, like being baptized. Maybe God's already spoken to you about serving in the church, getting involved in some ministry. Maybe he's been talking to you about wanting to tithe and trust God with your money. Maybe he's asked you to invite a friend to church and you just put it off. Decide to obey God today. Do whatever he is asking you to do. Listen, once you belong to Jesus, you're going to have within yourself the desire to obey him. Part of that is through his spirit, through what he does in us. But you will have a desire to obey him. Not perfectly. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall short. And we may struggle. But you will have a desire to obey him. Just like the towels. Because you love him. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, then you need to obey Jesus. You need to trust him. You need to follow his direction. Listen, obedience is at the heart of faith. Genesis 9.8 says, Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. Because of Noah's obedience, God blessed him and the entire world. Maybe there's an area of your life where you haven't been obedient. Right now, will you make a decision in your heart that God, I am going to obey? God, I'm going to obey you consistently. Not just now and then. I want to obey you all the time. God, I want to obey you completely. Not just when it's easy, but in that hard, difficult stuff you've been pointing out to me where I haven't trusted you and I've been holding back. I want to obey you completely. I want to obey you immediately, that stuff that I'm putting off. And listen, when God's Spirit speaks to you, if you don't act on it immediately, you will shove it aside. It will not be there after lunch. God knocks on the door. After a while, you get really good at ignoring His voice to obey immediately. But whatever it is, make the commitment that you're going to obey God supremely. That you want to hear his voice above all other voices. Let's pray this morning. Father, I want to thank you for the power and the truth of your word. We want to have stronger faith. We want to be your children. We want to be able to uh, live a life that reflects your glory in our community, to our families, to everyone. But God, it's not about us. It's not about us working hard. It really is just learning to trust you. It's learning about being obedient, just like we teach our children. You have to learn to be obedient. And God, in the process, you grow our faith. 
God, I know you've spoken this morning. You've poked us in the heart. Help us, Lord, to desire today. Whatever you've spoken, very clearly set it, settle it in our hearts. And I pray right now, God, that whatever that thing is on our heart, that we would just say right now in our hearts, yes, Lord, I'm telling you, I want to obey in this area. When I leave today, God, help me to obey. Thank you for the life of Noah. Thank you for your word. Now, God, take it and change our hearts and give us stronger faith. Bless us as we go. Thank you for this day of worship. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to stay seated. And the ushers are going to come at this time and dismiss us row by row.